0: For Zion's sake, I will not keep silence. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Your hosts for this program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see the church come into its fullness and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as their Messiah, Savior of the world, and the Son of God.
1: Bless the Lord welcome to For Science Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley,
2: And my name is June. Hi, everyone.
1: It's good to be with you as we continue a subject that is not generally well known throughout the church. And that subject is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And reviewing what we said in prior days, we want to point out that the Feasts of the Lord, which are the appointed times of the Lord, are all found in the 23rd chapter of Leviticus. And there's a great description of the Feast of Unleavened Bread in Je- ex- Exodus chapter 12, which I'd like to read, even though we've read it before, because this explains the si- the specifics of the appointed time of the Lord regarding the Feast of Unleavened Bread. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to Exodus chapter 12, and we're going to be reading from uh, verse 14 through 20. Exodus 12, beginning at verse 14. Now this day will be a memorial to you, and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. But on the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats anything leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. And on the first day you shall have a holy assembly, and another holy assembly on the seventh day. No work at all shall be done on them, except what must be eaten by every person that alone may be prepared by you. You shall also observe the feast of unleavened bread, For on this very day I brought your hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a permanent ordinance. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the twenty-first day of the month at evening. Seven days there shall be no leaven found in your houses. For whoever eats what is leavened, that person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel." whether he is an alien or a native of the land. You shall not eat anything unleavened in all your dwellings. You shall eat unleavened bread. And just to point out something in verse 39 in Exodus 12. And they baked dough, which they had brought out of Egypt into cakes of unleavened bread. For it had not become leavened since they were driven out of Egypt and could not delay nor had they prepared any provision for themselves. So that's the origin, Juni, of what happened on the night of Passover in Egypt. They had to leave in haste, and the bread that they baked when they left was unleavened. And we need to see and understand that this was a feast to be to be observed all the time. And, Juni, we need to point out, and we'll talk about it the rest of these days, that what was done in the Hebrew Scriptures was really the basis for so much of what took place in the New Testament. Because God, Jesus came and said, I've not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to reissue the same edicts that were given to Israel. But that which was done naturally, for example, observing the Feast of Unleavened Bread, has its spiritual counterpart in the New Testament. And we need to see that the basis of true Christianity is truly the Hebrew faith. We spoke about leaven. Leaven is a picture of sin, impurity, and injustice. We gave examples how unleavened bread was used in the Hebrew scriptures. When Abraham met three men in Genesis 18, one of them being Jehovah himself in the form of an angel, we know that he served unleavened bread and had communion with them. In Judges, we read about Gideon in chapter 6 making an offering to the angel of the Lord, and it consisted of unleavened bread. We saw also in First Samuel chapter 1 that when Hannah gave an offering in the temple, that offering consisted of unleavened bread. So it, it plays a major part in uh, the basis for the Hebrew faith. Then we went to Matthew 16, and uh, Jesus was talking about the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees and the disciples were seeing naturally, thinking he was talking of natural bread. But Jesus was talking spiritually. And in Luke 12:1, where that same um, verses are declared, Jesus identified the the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees as hypocrisy. In other words, it was false teaching. And we're going to talk about. What happened the last week of Jesus's life? Because he saw so much leaven in the church. And in the, in the, um,
2: in a, in the temple. Right, right. In
1: the, in the temple. Right. And we need to see that this is a word for today because like it or not, there is a lot of leaven in the church. For example, uh, tradition, the entrance of uh, the world's wisdom. And then we went to Galatians 5, where 5 verses 7 to 9 where the key verse is, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So let's go on from there, Juni, and let's look at a very important scriptures. First Corinthians chapter five, and here we'll see the transition, how Jesus looked upon natural events in the history of Israel and brought it into present day context. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, turn with us to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, very, very significant verses about the feast of unleavened bread. 1 Corinthians 5, beginning in verse 6. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Okay, we see that word again, exactly that we read from Galatians. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. Clean out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, just as you are in fact unleavened, for Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Junie, that's so powerful, isn't it?
2: It's very powerful, Shelley, because the hypocrisy... Of the Sadducees and the Pharisees meant that these Jewish leaders were speaking one thing, mm. but their hearts were different, and they were living another way. Really, and today in the church there are many leaders, like Pharisees and Sadducees, who are teaching, but not living. Amen. What? they teach. And I think it's an exhortation for you and me, Shelley, but also for every listener to speak truth from the Spirit of God through our mouths. And that will show a new heart, a new lump. Yes. And uh, it's just important for us to see that there were warnings in the New Testament not to make the same mistake as yes, Israel, yeah. that we should live in, by, and through the Messiah always. And this appointed feast is a reminder to us that we need to turn to God And ask him to forgive us and cleanse us with his blood that we might live in newness of life.
1: Let it be. Interesting, Junie, because in verse 7, it says, Clean out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, just as you are, in fact, unleavened for Christ. Well, interesting, the word lump in Greek comes from a word that means to mix. And I think overall we could say God hates mixers he might bring together all the facets of his nature, which is a wonderful combination. But when we mix things of the world with the spirit, or we mix our fleshly thoughts with the revelations from God, it's a mixture. And we need to remember, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It also speaks about being cleansed. In the new uh, in the King James, I believe it says, purge out the old leaven that you might be a new lump, just as you are in fact. We need to do the purging. And I believe even as we spoke at our meeting on Sunday, when we recognize that there is leaven and confess it before the Lord, then the power of the Holy Spirit will take that leaven out of our life. We need to recognize it. And if there are any mixtures in our lives, we have to be cleansed and purged. And then when we go on, look what it says in verse 8. Let us therefore celebrate the feast. Remember, Paul was speaking to the church in the first century. And what he said to that church at Corinth has application to the church in the earth today. Let us therefore celebrate the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness. Now, these are powerful words. Malice means evil. There's evil that is in people that must be cleansed out. And we have a great habit, I'd say we, generally speaking, have a habit of justifying some leaven in our life. But we need to remember, leaven, which is really a picture of yeast, yeast infiltrates everything that it comes into contact with. When you put yeast in bread, it rises up, it puffs up, it's tasty, but it's leaven. God hates mixed mixtures. So we cannot have any malice, or wickedness in our lives they must be purged out and that is a picture of leaven and we are called even here right here in verse um seven in first corinthians five we have been made unleavened when we come to the lord
2: and that's because Shelley jesus said i am the bread of life that's right and it's symbolic of the bread that came down after the Passover to our people in the wilderness. Uh, that was, um, uh, food from God that needed to be picked as it came down every morning. Every morning because that manna that came down from heaven, uh, what, what uh, became old and and corroded
1: after the first day after age. the
2: first day so we need every day to receive manna life from the lord through his word and all through, also through his spirit as we turn to him and cry out to him every day he is the unleavened bread he's the one who is without sin And we can have his life transform us when he lives in us as the Messiah, the Son of God, and the Savior of the world. Hallelujah.
1: Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank
2: you, Lord. Thank
1: you that you sent your Son a true holy picture of unleavened bread as he said, I am the bread of life. Lord. Lord, may we each consider to see in our own lives that there is unleavened and be willing to confess it and have it, pur- and have it purged out of our lives that we might be whole in the Messiah. We thank you, Lord, in your holy name. Amen. Amen. For Zion's sake, On behalf of
0: For Zion's Sake, thank you for joining us today. If you would like to contact Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784 Scottsdale, Arizona 85252 Until next time, may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May the Lord make His face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program has been sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.